Hi, welcome to Cinemat. Today we're going to talk a little bit about films, about drugs, and junkies. Uh, it's one of these genres that has become a little bit suspicious. Some people think they inspire people to do drugs. Other people think they scare people from doing drugs. And being someone who was never a, a deep drug addict, I don't really know the answer. So I asked two friends today who have a, a certain type of history with drugs what they think. So today I'm talking with C and S. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thanks for having us, Mike. Yeah. This is this was your dream. <laughs> this is my dream. Yeah. Been <laughs> <laughs> waiting for this my whole life. This is the reason why you got so someone could ask you about it, train spotting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about just like the basic background of like so you two didn't know each other when you were each high, right? No. no. This is like sort of ancient history. And, and oh, yeah, let's, let's make this all nice and happy now. You're very clean and sober and sane people now. Very, yeah, very clean and sober. Very clean yeah. and sober. <laughs> and productive <laughs> members of society. Yeah. <laughs> and we can even talk a little bit later about, like, the, the people I know that did have, like, intense, because people are like, oh, I had dark past. Like, no, some people had really dark pasts. And to see people clean and sober now, it's actually kind of hard to believe. So anyway, but we'll we'll start with uh, the dark past. Um, did you guys? Is it sort of a cliche thing where you just sort of started partying when you were young? Yeah, I guess I didn't party so much. It started out real with a intent, and um, for me, which a lot of people do party, but I started off pretty much just trying to, like I did it straight away to kind of cope with life i think is what it was mm-hmm. like that's exactly what i was trying to do get by well mike <laughs> i like to party <laughs> so i think it was just um it just kind of tr- like snowballed into that for me um and like you were a teenager yeah i was a teenager when i started doing drugs yeah barely a teenager and then i think i started I guess shooting heroin, if that's the premise of this junkie type discussion. Whatever you did. Um, I think I was about 18 or so, which is apparently old in the game. So, it's, you know, it's a sad game. So yeah, there's not a, a winner sad, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. A little bit of the cliche is broken home, 12, 13, getting into stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much what I kind of had broken home. Parents were both drug addicts. And then, like, yeah, like 12, 13, 14, 15, kind of really getting deep. Like, 15 and 16 is when I started shooting drugs, pretty much. And did you guys do another cliche as sort of, like, starting out with pot drinking and then somehow uh, elevating to needle? Yeah, I ran right through the cliche the whole way through, I think, really. Yeah. It's like, started drinking and then pot and then get it going up the drug ladder, pretty much. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, I drank and smoked pot but i really like like designer drugs like you know Mm. ecstasy and acid that's not really a designer drug and then i just kind of went to heroin so i just kind of liked hard drugs and then i just kind of went there designer drug i always assume that means like a rich kid putting two things together well no i lived in berkeley so there was a lot of like weird chemists so they would come up with like 2cb and all these weird sort of I don't even know what but they I are. I think that's kind of what designer drugs, where they're like the party drugs I always took them as. Party too. Drugs? Designer drugs or party drugs kind of. Whereas... Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's rich kids. I mean, I went to raves and there were a lot of not wealthy, affluent kids. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe not everybody was rich, but there's definitely in that circle a lot of rich, wealthier people that are hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the drugs were cheaper and easier to get. Mm. What drugs were cheaper? Well, like when you were starting out. Oh. oh. It's different being a girl. They're all cheap and you easy. You know what's <laughs> funny is at a certain point, I was telling somebody this one day, because I was underage, it was... Um, like pot was easy to get, where I grew up, speed was easy to get. And at a certain point, it almost seemed easier to get heroin than to get alcohol just because I was under underage. I knew how to go downtown and pick up. Once I figured that out, it was pretty, mm-hmm. it was easier than going to, try, sitting out in front of a store and trying to get somebody to buy me alcohol. Right. But like pot and speed were really easy to get when I was a kid. Heroin yeah. was a little tougher. Mm. Like you had to go outside of the town I grew up in and go downtown LA and, and figure that whole world out down there. And were you doing this all, is this all pretty much solo or like sometimes with other people? I had a, a, yeah, I had a girlfriend that we got into it with. Me and her both at the same time got into it for the fact of we were drinking too much as little kids. Mm. Like we had both dropped out of school. We were on a real path to success. And, <laughs> um, and, and you were actually like same age and stuff. Yeah, she was a little older and we were drinking a lot and doing a lot of the speed and and then it, it just seemed easier at a point to do heroin than it did to do those other things. Yeah, I um, I guess when I was younger, I always partied, I guess for lack of a better term, alone. I mean, I would be at places, but I never had like a, like a running buddy until I was like, started shooting heroin, I think. And then I had a boyfriend, and then I had another boyfriend, you know. And, and then, they were also... Yeah, and they were they were all shooting drugs, and we we had started it together. Like me and him, we got to a certain point where we were just both like ready to go there, I guess. So I don't know. Um, Is that running buddy? Is that a term? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Actually, I haven't never heard that. Like even in a film, which is yeah, cool. yeah, that's one of those. Yeah, it's, there's a few terms I think you don't really hear yeah. too much and, in those movies that are pretty common, at least. And what life. and what do uh, in terms of terms. Is there one that you connect with? Is there one that sounds like it's your parents' term, like drug addict versus junkie versus? Like, what would you call yourselves? Would you, what in your head, when you look in the mirror, would you think I'm a drug addict, I'm a junkie? No. Uh, No. Like, I guess at the time when I was doing it all, like, junkie always felt a little bit like it was derogatory, but that maybe it probably fit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, oh, it sucks, but... um, and then drug addict still, like, is how more I look at it now. I don't really use. Yeah, I don't think I ever thought anything. I just was like, yeah, I never associated anything I've, with, like, it just was what it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There wasn't any associations. And there wasn't a lot of deep thought either. It was just like, all right, this is what we're doing. Yeah. I remember a counselor at a rehab saying, uh, you're a junkie. And I remember really being... Bald. Yeah, I couldn't believe he had said that to me, you know? I was like, Jesus, man. Um, but was it was one like, of the only times somebody really just said it right at me. Like, I think you're a junkie. And it, like, and he said it kind of with, not like, a, he wasn't nasty, but just very matter-of-fact and to the point. I remember it kind of offended It's a little, little bit, bit. Like, like, a, like you're a lost term. Like, you could be a drinker, but then someone's a drunk. Yeah, 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 totally. You're on the other end of that uh, thing. You're on the bad end of it at that point. <laughs> the down, it would be the down. The side. downhill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, oh, that's interesting. So then, so it wasn't like, um, 
especially since it's life stuff and you don't have the parents saying don't do this or even if you do it didn't work Mm -hmm. but then you never really think about yourself as an addict either like the terms don't come up like okay so when you broke up with the one boyfriend did Mm -hmm. you were you conscious about finding another boyfriend that was also a a druggie no they just kind of showed up that's the weird thing i was not conscious about that at all um, and it wasn't like a group of friends. That no, just sort of... you, it, for some weird reason, you know, like attracts like, and all of a sudden they just sort of show up, and then it's like all of a sudden you're together. You know, the, it, it doesn't have a lot of court courting involved, or yeah, you kind of smell your own. You yeah. know what I mean? It's still yeah. to this day, I think it works out like that sometimes. If you still like, remember a year like a while ago meeting somebody, and I really liked them. They became a really good friend of mine. And right away, I really liked them, and it turned out they had kind of, um, they had done very similar things with drugs, and I met them outside of a setting that I would have even thought that they were, Mm -hmm. but there was that strange sort of... Oh, you met them like just... Yeah, like junior college at one point, and Mm. they, I wasn't actually going to the junior college, but they were. (laughs) Hanging around around the campus. Yeah, but... um... You know, in your benefit, I actually thought you meant you were taking classes. I was not. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, at the time, maybe you could actually see someone and sort of identify, you got a vibe. Yeah, I think there's a vibe. And oftentimes, it's ridiculous as it sounds, as you meet your next running buddy or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you call in rehab or detox. Yeah. You're in those circles when you're doing that stuff. You're not exactly going to the yacht club. So, you're meeting people in that world, like at the Connection or rehab, detox, all those places. Yeah. And then... At the time, like, so basically after you became 18, did you, were you, did that have anything to do with going downhill? Like, were you keeping your shit together? Were you working? Or was there, I mean, there's obviously some point where the tipping point starts. I was, I was in college at 18, so, but yeah, I mean, I had moved out of my parents' house and it was a definite tipping point where it was like, well, I can smoke speed every day and nobody's gonna say anything to me about that and so but there was never like a oh I gotta get my shit together type moment it was like oh this is great you know like here I am and so you're just doing college full-time yeah but I never went to class but I graduated (laughs) but yeah I mean I went to class I picked up a syllabus I showed up when I was supposed to you know it's like the American dream yeah so by 18 I actually had already yeah I had already had uh, consequences because of it. I had been arrested. Mm-hmm. I'd been kicked out of places. I'd already had physical, like I had kidney trouble at the time. I'd already done a stint in rehab. I think 17 to 18, I was in rehab in that time frame. Um, I already kicked a few habits. And so it was already like, and everybody was telling me my life was a mess. I kind of knew it, you know. That guy already told you you were a junkie. Yeah, I think that's right <laughs> in the time it happened. I was yeah. like, whoa, bud. Um, <laughs> But all that stuff happened really fast for me. It was a really fast trajectory once I started shooting drugs. It had already become like a a whole lifestyle, 24 hours a day, stealing, you know, doing all this stuff. And so by 18, I remember thinking I knew I I already knew what a drug addict was. I knew I probably that I was a drug addict and that it was a problem um, and that maybe I should do something about it, you know. And I'd already flopped inside rehab for the first time, you know. So, and so then you didn't like move out and get a job, or did you do rehab around that time? I was in like a rehab, I, cause I had run away from home when I was fifteen, and then I had lived with a girlfriend, so I had left home already. 
And then, um, like, I went out there and I stayed out there a while. Like, and I, I kicked the, you know, the hair, the habit, kicked my habit and kind of stayed away from it for a minute because it was, you know, brutal enough for me at that point at 17. Like, I, that I didn't, in a weird way, I didn't want to do it. I knew I was on a downhill trajectory. It wasn't hard to see. Like, I, I was 17, 18, I had dropped out of school, had bleeding kidneys, I had been arrested, I was in rehab. Nobody wanted to deal with me. You know, so it was already a lot of consequences at that point. Mm-hmm. So. And then, so then, had you, were you still doing all through college? Yeah. But I had been, I had been to, like, outpatient rehab, I guess. I don't know, when I was in high school. I always forget about that. And, uh, and I got arrested in college. And actually, were you guys both arrested because of drugs? Alcohol oh, yeah, and yeah. drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that point I had been arrested for... Like drinking and uh, yeah, I think just drinking at that point actually was the arrest. And so was it after college then you finally did do rehab? Um, I mean, I was court ordered to AA and drug court and all that. Um, but yeah, I went to rehab a few times. So like eight maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then actually backing up a little bit because yeah. this it's um like keeping your shit together and having a job and stuff what's interesting that you see in the films is it's not always but you kind of almost feel like it's hard with actors um but when somebody that hasn't done needles sees a scene with needles in a film that's usually the super shock value Mm -hmm. that's usually just like right oh this is it and the level of movie, and we'll get into some examples, that's considered realistic and or scary and or hardcore is always kind of if you see a shot of a needle going mm-hmm. in or not. So when you guys were actually doing needles, was there never like a scary moment to start it? Um, the first time, I think, but I was so out of my mind by that point that already. it was just sort of like, oh, well, this is the next obvious step because I'm already, like I was already um, strung out on pills and I think I'd been smoking heroin. So it was sort of like... Well, this is gonna save me some money. It was just the way I kind of really? looked at it, and it didn't. I don't know. I mean, I knew it was probably not my best move that I had made thus far. I mean, I was aware of that, but it, you kind of just work up to it. At least I did. Yeah, it seems like the next right thing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. and the reward of it at the time, I remember the first time. Yeah. Because I had smoked a little bit of heroin before, and then the first time of doing the needle, I just seemed it was like, wow, oh, this is, a, you know just what it is kind of like I didn't um mm-hmm. I didn't have a big fear of needles either I don't think like which a lot of people do which can be hard to get past but like you the reward it, yeah real <laughs> quick the reward of it seemed much better you, you know it seemed well worth it so because you're blowing you know you're smoking it you're wasting so mm-hmm. much yeah that's what it seemed like and so like leading up all to all of this um was there like a junkie film of that era we were talking about this today earlier i think the only real junkie movie at that point i had maybe seen was sid and nancy which is a we were talking earlier which i think is actually a great drug movie if you take Mm -hmm. the rock stuff away the end of it's really desperate and uh, really captures some stuff with those two like in the film at the end where it, it really captures it better i thought than a lot of other movies and i think that was the only real like movie about heroin or that had a you know a lot of heroin in it that i had seen at that point mm-hmm. um because yeah, this so. 
Yeah, because it's probably, well, Drugstore Cowboy might be around that time. Yeah, we were talking about. Uh, I might have seen that before I, I started. I don't know. No, you did. That's I've seen that, Dylan. but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, oh, I've before. seen it, but I don't know if it was before I started doing, like, shooting drugs or after the fact. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually kind of like Drugstore Cowboy. I thought it was, I thought it was, some, I mean, it's not my life, you know, but it seemed, well, it was a little over the top of the <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, it definitely showed that sort of, like, how awful it can be. Remember that kid who was, like, smoking speed in it? I think he died. Do you remember yeah. that guy? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the awful. movie. I think there's a weird, uh... I like that movie. I really like that movie. Uh, and it does have some things, but then when you put, like, what's the star's name? Matt Dillon? Yeah. yeah. You put him in there with kind of this cool look and cool haircut, and, like, uh, even though he's supposed to be dressed down, he still looks kind of cool. You know what I mean? Awesome. The whole time, yeah, you're like, this guy rules. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and Heather Graham. Yeah. Uh, right? She was in it, right? Wasn't it Heather Graham? Yep. Was it? Yeah. It was really good, and there's definitely people that lived that, like, uh, Robin Drugstore sort of life, I think, that did in the 70s. But it didn't really ever capture. It all seemed like a good time, that whole movie mm-hmm. to me. It, it, it has that thing where you're like, if I could live like that guy, it might be rad. You know? Because <laughs> <laughs> definitely from the outside looking in, you'll watch these films and just, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's, it's totally different than the films it's like so uncool it's unbelievable that's what i think is yeah the funny thing that sid and nancy actually captured that a lot of movies didn't is at that end where they're just sitting in the hotel room and they're not doing anything it's such a horrible like a bad vibe and she's whining and he's sitting there and that's what it seems like it was really like to me your girlfriend's whining yelling at you and you don't want to do anything and every you know and everything really just kind of sucks yeah and you and you're broke, and you're, and you're broke. stealing yeah. shit, and everybody hates you, and, and really, you hate you. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's not, it's it's very unglamorous. Yeah. I felt All like, sorts of stuff happens, too, with your body. I mean, yeah. It's just like, kicking dope is not, not fun. That movie also really got it when the, the dealer comes in and smacks him. Like, Sid goes after him, and he smacks him, and just like, nothing, which really shows, like, maybe that doesn't happen, but you really are this... Yeah, you're not very cool. You know what I mean? At that point, Sid Vicious wasn't very cool. He was just kind of... No, and it was more... It was complex because he was a a type of fame. Yeah, totally. A certain type of famous. A certain type of rock star. Yeah. And then... And then, so yeah, so it's not like you guys are getting inspired by these films. Was anything in any of these films... I think Less Than Zero was also probably out by that time. Oh. I don't think I ever actually saw saw that. That was with Robert Downey, right? Yeah. I read the book. Is the disconnect often there's a famous person in it? I think it can be sometimes. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, I think there is that disconnect. And I was thinking about it today because I knew we were talking about this. And then you get this music behind it sometimes. Like right. you have that train spotting with uh, Lust for Life with Iggy Pop playing. And it's kind of like puts the spin uh, when you put this music in, in behind movies that mm-hmm. like that makes the whole thing seem great. Mm-hmm. Less for life's in the background, you know, mm-hmm. and you and McGregor looks cool again, and uh, it changes the feel of it. You know, it changes what it's really like. It, like, less for life isn't playing. You know, <laughs> there's none of that happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you never had that feeling of, like, that, that sinking into the floor? Remember that shot? Yeah, I mean, that that's a real, I guess, feeling, a, a visual. 
mean, there are other good things with, like, obviously, there's things I really liked about doing that stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that, uh, and the movies do capture some of that, I think, for sure, too. And maybe a little too much in a lot of them, you know, where you don't it's see... a little exaggerated. Yeah. And they really get the beginning phase of it, I guess. Like, that sinking in the floor thing's a very beginning phase. Once you're strung out, yeah. you're not sinking in the floor anymore. You're just in this... They actually do, the film does advance pretty good with that because then they have that baby on the ceiling. Remember that? Yeah, the baby dies. Cause oh, I remember that. The baby dies, and then later on, he's in the corner, and he's really in the, uh, probably like a crack house or something. Like huh. Yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah. And he sees the baby, and he just uh, doesn't handle it very well. Very well, huh? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I guess I don't think Trainspotting's like a, it doesn't seem like a super accurate representation. I mean, even when he was kicking, it seemed awful, but it, didn't I don't know mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't relate to it there's something weird that's really hard to capture I guess about it but maybe it is somewhat like the actors uh, and like these you guys thinking about even like uh, it's the one with DiCaprio that's after the book basketball, basketball diaries yeah yeah I mean oh, yeah. they really go out of their way to make kicking look terrible and it does but for some reason it still doesn't really there's still something glamorous about it how they make it in that film you know Maybe because it's Leo DiCaprio kicking a habit. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And it was actually hard. I mean, I did. It's it's hard to find a drug film without a major star in it. And, of course, like if I could have looked, I'm sure I could have found something super, super indie and deep. But those, it's almost always somebody. I, I, I believe, and it could be wrong. I could believe it's just hard to get money for a certain type of story. Unless you're going to have, well, Basketball Diaries, the book is famous and people love Jim Carroll. And then you get somebody famous to play him. Then somebody will take the chance on giving you money on making a depressing film. Yeah, totally. There, then, then that's when all these layers come into like, well, it can only be so, I got to get this guy his money back. I have, yeah. I need people to see this film and I can't be too. Did you ever see, was it Methodonia? I, I have not seen it. That, it was a documentary. A, yeah, right? I think yeah. it was actually a series. Oh, it was? That's more accurate representation of heroin addicts, which I don't think anybody would want to go to the movie theater and see. Yeah. yeah. TV you know? has a much better chance yeah. of it's portraying a, this. A really good one, or I always saw was Panic in Needle Park, which has got yeah. Pacino in it. Mm-hmm. But it's, That was a good one. It really gets that. To me, it got the whole thing. And I saw that after I'd gotten loaded one of the times I was... Like I'd cleaned up for a minute, and I remember watching it, thinking they really got this yeah, thing down. And Pacino is great, and it ends in this mm-hmm. not an uplifting way. Like, mm-hmm. it, like the Basketball Diaries ends with him getting clean, which is great. You know, he's mm-hmm. like doing art and stuff, and which is great. And that happens for a lot of people. They get clean and they do art or do whatever they do. I feel like that's like a very LA thing yeah it's a very it doesn't like no that's not generally the trajectory yeah well that's the thing with Panic in Needle Park his girlfriend rats him out to the police he gets busted and he walks out of jail and sees her and goes and does it again and that's the reality for most I forgot about that movie that's a good movie the ending was great New York too right Mm -hmm. yeah I think so yeah that's it I didn't even realize that there's an LA drug film versus a New York drug film True, yeah. Maybe different eras of drug films, too, whereas I think Panic in Needle Park was like 70s. Yeah, in the yeah. 70s, you really could go dark. Yeah, and it seemed like movies star. were darker. Uh, totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dingier at that point. And then you said, like, like the first one that I can remember, and there could be other ones, but Man with a Golden Arm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 1955. Had you Frank seen that? Sinatra? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd seen it. I had seen it. I can't remember it, though. I saw it when I was clean, though. I think i saw that in rehab they played us really yeah you go to rehab sometimes they play all these movies i remember that one 
And I like that one. That one seemed like it was probably restricted a little bit by, you yeah. know, era too and time, but it was good. Um, but it was still, it was shocking because it was him. Yeah, yeah, it was shocking, like, which was cool of him to do. I mean, he yeah. took a risk on that. And it was a pretty good, I remember I liked the movie and I thought like... Um, it was kind of PG, right, though? Well, yeah, it was in the... When did they make it? So they were, they were really limited, but yeah. they... Um, that seemed like they got. I thought some of the stuff was cool, mm-hmm. like his career was in the shitter, which is a reality, you know, for <laughs> most people. And it, I thought it was pretty good. I liked that. Movie. I do forget how it ends, though. I forget how it ends. I think though. he runs in. I think he goes in the bar and in his. I think I think he's clean at the end. He's got a new. Mm-hmm. I I could be wrong because it's been like ten years and I was in rehab, but. You have a good memory. I can't remember any of these. I, I think he goes in. I think it was another like kind of happy ending, and I think he maybe has a drink at the bar or something. They might not, again, they may not have been able to make it any other way, too. Totally, yeah. At that time, they were really, I think, mm-hmm. limited on what they, they could do. And that was probably really pushing the boundaries, I would think. Then you get that 80s gloss, which is less than zero. Yeah. And uh, then comes the Michael Keaton film, Clean and Sober. I saw that in oh. Detox one time. I they think made I us watch see that. that in rehab, too. Yeah, which is... I don't know. That, that movie was fine. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it was fine. Very boring. I thought. What <laughs> really. happens? What does he do? He just goes to rehab. Yeah, that's the one with him, the, where he goes to rehab, right? And yeah. Then, um, oh, I get that one confused with the other one where there's the woman who goes to rehab and she's got her husband, which I forget that one's called. But that one was good. I thought with Michael Keaton. I mean, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, I liked it. It seemed like it captured. I mean, it, he was a drunk, which is not just as bad. To me, mm. yeah, I thought he was drunk too. I'm re- uh, the one liner does say "hustling drug addict," which really, yeah, I thought he was a drunk in that one. Checks himself into rehab. I thought he was a drunk maybe, too. Yeah, maybe he was. Uh, I don't know, because he's like more of a professional in that movie, I think, right? And a drunk, and yeah, isn't? Yeah, he's a hotshot things. real estate agent who just happens to have a cocaine and drinking problem. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. One morning, he wakes up to find a dead woman in his bed. That's right. Uh, from an overdose. Yeah, mm. that one I actually thought was. It was pretty good, it seemed like. That's interesting. So is there, when you watch this in rehab, is there a little speech, or is it just on the TV? They would put it on for, I think I saw that one in Detox, like, um, and I think they're just, you know, trying to keep your mind occupied, like, here, watch a drug movie, watch this movie, which may be not the best idea sometimes. Yeah. But um, they did that a lot in a lot of the Detoxes I went to, and and even in rehab a little bit, they'd put them on movie night. You'd all gather and you'd watch <laughs> watch some movie. Was there any like G-rated movie? Yeah, sometimes they would have. They most of the time in rehab, at least, it was something that didn't really have anything to do with drugs. The Every girls, once in a while, it was a drug thing. The girls at my rehab, I went to an all women's rehab at the end in the counter rehab. They liked the Medea movies a lot. That was like what we would watch on our our movie night. So it's probably G. Actually, I yeah, know. I don't Teaching. know. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah, yeah, it's safe. I'm guessing you didn't relate to one. I didn't relate to the Medea movie. So let's be clear. What what's the difference between rehab and detox? Um, do you want yeah. Detox is usually um, where you go to actually detox from the drugs or alcohol that you've. Uh, That's like you're in ingested. a diaper shitting yourself. Pretty much, yeah. You're put in a room, and some of them are medical. Uh, there's a few in California that are medical that'll take you if you have no money, and then a lot of them are cold turkey. You mean medical? No, that are just medical detoxes. Right, right. That'll right. take you for nothing. Yeah, okay. And then there's the the non-medical, which, and then you, once you usually detox, like if you have a heroin habit, or if you're a severe drinker and you're going to have DTs, 
benzos. Yeah, benzos. You the rehabs make you go through some sort of detox before you enter their facility, and then their facility is more about, um, you know, trying to get better, or recover, or whatever you want to call it. Whereas the detox is just to get you safe and, and feeling okay again, good enough to function. And you have like a, a wide variety to choose from. <laughs> you do, kinda. I mean, if you Depends don't. Depends on how much money you have. If you don't have any money, I can give you pretty bleak. Like, uh, like you'll you'll go through a lot of cold turkey, which is mm-hmm. is very unpleasurable, depending on what sort of state you're in when you get there. Mm. Um, and then you said you tried to watch Requiem for a Dream one time when you were high. I did. I remember trying to watch that. And I was I was shooting drugs at the time, and it was on. I was staying at my friend's house, who he didn't shoot drugs. Me and my girlfriend were staying there, mm-hmm. and he had a really nice house and cable and everything. And I remember it being on and not. And I had heard about that movie, and I remember watching it and about people losing their arms and stuff. And I, I remember I don't even really remember the movie. I just remember being like, I got to turn this off because it did seem like by that point I was starting to get fears of like I had a lot of fears. Of like the consequences of what I was doing, like I had had abscesses, nothing severe, but in losing your arm, I had known people that had come close to losing their arm. You'd see people walking, like if you go downtown and hang out down there long enough, you'll see people that don't have an arm that are missing limbs because of infections that got, you know, and they had to amputate. And so I, I was getting freaked out with that point. I was like, fuck, I can't, I can't watch this. You know, I was getting too wow. worried about my lifestyle. I, you know, I the part I related to was the um the the mom actually not him as much but I related to the mom um I think she was like all what was she she was on yeah but it was pills. like pills it was like you know it, I don't know I related to that because she was going through this like psychotic process and when I was younger I used to smoke meth and speed so I kind of more related to her and what a nut she became um, versus Jared Leto. I thought she really captured it kind of well. Do you feel you connected with women better in junkie films? Or is I mean, really I don't know if I connect with anybody in junkie films. Like, really, <laughs> right, truly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's me it's right more there. more situational, maybe? I mean, like, what I was thinking is nobody wants to see a junkie gets sober, really. Like that, in a movie? Yeah, like that doesn't seem interesting. Even Intervention, I'll watch it until they sober up and then I'm totally bored. I could care less. <laughs> the TV you show know? Intervention. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't care. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I, uh... Yeah, I, 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 that's just also the human condition, watching tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Trying to think of when... And again, it's like, you know... I mean, this is a problem against all films. Like when Lesson Zero came out when I was in high school, and it was cool to go see it, mm-hmm. whether you were a drunk or a junkie or just a film fan. But you see him, and you're like, well, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's never a true fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in the 90s, basically more indie films started coming out. I mean, Rick Room for a Dream is on that edge, but mm-hmm. it's still got some stars in it, and it's still pretty, uh, I don't know what the budget is, but it's a pretty big film. Mm-hmm. And, but then there's stuff like Down to the Bone, where at the time the actress wasn't known. Have you guys seen that one? No, no I didn't see that one. Yeah, that's how indie it is. <laughs> that might be the problem, too. Uh, or what about something that's right on that edge? Have you seen Bad Lieutenant? Mm-mm. Which is... That's not the Johnny Rotten movie, is it? Uh, no, that, that's Cop Killer. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's an obscure... Johnny Rotten and Harvey Keitel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have that movie. But mine is called, like... 
corrupt corrupt lieutenant or something. Yeah, yeah. What, no, just corrupt. One's an English title. One's a, a, a English title, Britain. But that's going down. That's that's like you guys aren't film dorks, so we can't talk about. It. <laughs> uh, so bad lieutenant is the Keitel cop film Abel Ferrara made, and it's interesting. It it's still a little sensational because we're not cops. And it's New York, and, and he does all these crazy fucking crimes. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because the woman, Zoe Lund, who wrote it and is in a little bit of it, like it was, she knew people like this. She was living a dark life huh. and, and stuff too. And Gaitel just goes deep into the role. So, huh. But you haven't seen that no. one. No, I haven't. I've never seen that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's, what's, that's, that's the whole thing. People will not fund a drug film unless it's going to be a big thing. And then it becomes glossy, and then it becomes mm-hmm. famous yeah. actor, which I guess needs a yeah, it needs to have a certain criteria for masses to like it in the equation, yeah. right? Well, well you have to make accuracy. it interesting, and it's just not that interesting, I don't think. That I think is true too. Yeah, really, when you get right down to it, I think that people think it's this really interesting and mysterious thing, but anybody can do it. Anyone can <laughs> do it, and it's not. Um, there's not that much. Like, there's excitement in the sense you might be doing stuff that, like, yeah. you might do a petty theft, but you probably are going to do a petty theft every day. There's not, like, a lot of... There's a huge mundane Once you factor. live one day in it, you, yeah. you're going to live the next maybe year doing pretty much the same thing. It's like unless, Groundhog Day. Yeah, until you find maybe another That's an hustle. accurate representation. Yeah, yeah totally. Doing drugs. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very boring lifestyle. It's... That's the other thing I think. It, it, there's always this thing to make it hip and cool, which it's really not hip or out of the box mm-hmm. at all. Like I, I can tell you what some of my friends are doing right now, right this minute. I, I could guess <laughs> they're doing one of four things. Right. And, and that's it. They're either sitting around loaded, mm-hmm. they're trying to get loaded, they're going to get loaded, or they're stealing, they're selling drugs to get loaded, and that's it. Or they that's, may be trying to get into rehab. Or they're in jail. Yeah. Or they're, or they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what they're doing right yeah. now. Yeah. There's no, uh, nobody ever tries to make the drugs. That's the funny thing about designer drugs. It's almost only scientists doing that. It's yeah. not like I'm not in. I I don't claim to know much <laughs> about that yeah. scene. But there's a lot of kids that are really into that, especially kids that like I think are into like electronic music and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I was just with some weirdos up in Berkeley, and that was definitely what they were into. Um, People try. I think like when I was out in the desert, I lived out in the desert. Which was a great experience. But it, there's a lot of speed in everybody. There's so much speed manufacturing out there. That they just right. throw you bags of speed. But I think with the heroin, it's a little, you know, it's harder, harder deal to make it. The other thing is, like, we've been sober for a while. So yeah. the, the, the game has changed. Like, uh, you know, I work with kids, and they tell me all the drugs they're doing. And I don't even know what they are. Oh, really? Moon rocks. I mean, I know... I've heard of them. I've heard about them, but I don't know what any of this stuff is that these kids are doing. So who comes up with the names? Just I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty cool names. Yeah, so. and then <laughs> what's the other stuff where they just lose it? Spice and uh, uh, spice and yeah, bath salts, which I don't yeah. know much about. And even my well, friends they lose it. The bath salts is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I don't know how that name came about i assume well, because they were just cooking it with salt in the bathtub i think it's I because they know. sell them they package them as bath salts and they haven't been um oh. like the fda had not you know disapproved of them or whatever they hadn't been taken off the market so they could label them as bath salts you could buy them at the gas station and there's all sorts of different kinds oh, yes. and then they keep like restructuring 
you know, how they make it. So it's like the FDA has to like keep up with it. And mm-hmm. so there's all sorts of different sort of synthetic drugs out there on the market. And that's my understanding of it. It could be totally wrong. Do you, do you think like when you guys were high, like at the highest point, and you had heard that story about that dude in Miami who ate the other guy? <laughs> could that have registered with you? It may have. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny because <laughs> no. I might have actually, because I remember being on it heroin and being like Why which this later changed oh you mean like that no i mean i thought you meant whether i'd be able to take it in like i probably wouldn't have done bath salts in the end yeah like i would have just stuck with heroin and crack you know <laughs> or whatever i i might i might have i feel I, like i may have done them but oh wait you may have tried it because you heard about the story oh yeah. no, no no just because okay. it was like like i just didn't really care like it's oh you got this let's do it you know but yeah, right. It's funny. I would stay away from like uh, I wouldn't do LSD at the end or anything. It's really weird when I got into like yeah. heroin and crack and stuff. I didn't want to mess with LSD. I didn't want to spend my money on it. And even if somebody would have given it to me, I all probably would have just tried to sell. It. Yeah, all three bucks of it. Yeah. Um, but it was really like I didn't have any um, yeah. want to do it anymore. Here's the thing though, which I've always thought. I think that oftentimes people use drugs as an excuse for really ridiculous and terrible behavior. Now, I don't know about the man that like ate somebody's face. <laughs> like that's just, that's like over the top. But I knew people that would just do these horrible, awful things. And then they say, oh, well, it was the drugs. And it's like, no, you know what? There's some level of personal, like, personal accountability. Like you're an asshole, you know, yeah, like yeah. you're actually an asshole. And that's, that's just who you are. And that's independent of the drugs. Not sure that one helps the other, but they push each other. They do, but then I've heard just awful, awful, horrendous things people have done, people I know, and I can't get behind it. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You know, write everything up. No, like not eat a dude's face. Yeah, you can not eat a dude's face. (laughs) You you have to draw a line somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys at the time? Did you see kids? Yes. I I saw kids. I, I was so actually loaded at the time that I wasn't. I, I saw don't have loaded. much memory of it. I remember watching it. I saw kids, and that's really interesting that you say this. I was never able to like blow a balloon, so I never really got the full effect of nitrous oxide. And I sat down <laughs> with a friend one night, and he was like, I'm going to teach you how to blow a balloon, and we're going to watch kids. And right when they were in the park and they started like you know beating that guy up with like their skateboards mm-hmm. i started getting like the wah-wahs in my head and i was like i love nitrous <laughs> like because i i was kind of got high off of it but like it was just like the whole scene for me so kids is actually really special in that way for me <laughs> it's a very special, it's a very special yeah because it was sort of a it, like an innocent thing that we were doing in the world of drugs you know right yeah i don't remember it at all i remember it. I remember it well this girl putting it on saying we're going to watch kids and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened next? Well, really? not I, think I, just, yeah. I don't remember one part of that movie other than that. Have you rewatched kids now sober? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, I remember kids vividly for some reason. I think I watched it when I was a kid a fair amount of times. Yeah. 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 Cause it's pretty, I mean, a lot of great scenes in it. I think it showed a, a, like a good element of what kids look like when they're running around in the streets. You know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up in New York City. I grew up in L.A. But I definitely, you know, kind of did what I wanted after school and, and hung out with maybe not the, the best people. So I, I don't know. There was something interesting about that representation. A lot of those kids are real in that film. Yeah. That's what I heard, yeah. Telly yeah. died, right? Yeah, in yeah. real life. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys have AIDS scares? 
Oh, there are so many times. I remember shooting every day, dro- every day and immediately <laughs> thinking, I hope I didn't get AIDS. Yeah. You know, because after you did it. Yeah. Right after mm-hmm. I did it. Um, and later I got more, like I got more cautious about that. I remember doing that. I picked a ho- needle up the ground of a hotel downtown LA uh, and used it. And I remember having that thought, like, Jesus, I hope I didn't get AIDS right now. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't have that thought before. Yeah. It, it was just more like, I got to get this done, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which is retarded. (laughs) Yeah, but it makes sense when you're like so sick. Yeah. 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 I used to not be very careful about who I shared needles with or what I like what I would do with my needle when I put it down. And I was I didn't hang out with that many people, but I hung out with and hang out. But there was a a couple older people that I would hang out with old junkies. And I and I was aware that they had AIDS and hep C and and I just wasn't very careful. So yeah, I was I was actually very very scared of that when I sobered up. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the best feelings you've ever had in your life? That to not have AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it goes away really quick. You're like, ah, oh, I can do it. Like, then <laughs> after a second, you're like, of course I didn't have AIDS. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Who gets that? <laughs> totally. Oh, what a bummer, though, man. I always yeah. think about that, and I'm like, because we're from the generation that like AIDS was like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Like mm, yeah. everything was like, you're gonna die, and you're people gonna... got it, yeah, and it, you definitely well, yeah, but knew the... people too. But but now the generation of kids, like a lot of them, like even the like kids in the gay community, will actually like know that they're going to get AIDS. Yeah, like that's like a thing that that's you know, and it's manageable. Are these some of the kids like you work with? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's sort of a. The idea is that it's more manageable, whereas mm. we were like, wow. you're going to become demented. There's going to be lesions on your face. Yeah, you and die everybody's pretty gonna... much. A horrible death. Horrible. Yeah, the time. Yeah. I'd see people when I, I lived up north, and I remember there was people, uh, like street kids around that had AIDS, or, you know, that we mm-hmm. were thought had AIDS, and it probably it was probably true yeah. at the time, you know. We actually both lived up north at the same time, I think. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know we both lived there. I don't know about the same time. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> we never crossed paths. No. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good now that you didn't. Yeah, yeah, cross. probably better, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you did say, you said you actually met the kid, one of the kids that was in Black Tar Heroin, the, I, this incredible documentary. Yeah, it was an HBO documentary. Uh, I met him in jail, actually. I remember him saying, I was in that documentary, Black Tar Heroin. He was saying that. Yeah, he told me that. I was telling you, I remember he said to me, you got to quit. You look terrible. You got to stop doing this. Like, You're in a documentary about it. You should probably quit too. Um, did that resonate with you at all? It actually did. I remember that time because I remember he said, he said, you should quit. You look terrible. I've seen you down around Coppin and, and you look bad. Wow. And he was being nice, you know, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, Had the, When that message comes from somebody that's, Doing the same stuff, does that resonate more than mm. just, uh, well, obviously than a cop, but like uh, somebody of like an older age, somebody like a, like a grandparent or something? Yeah, I kind of did. I remember because I didn't, like I believed him because he did it too. And I, uh, it made me, like for a second, think about it. I remember thinking, what's he talking about? And going and looking in the mirror, going like, ooh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> he's right. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it did make, because I, you know, I knew he didn't have any intention other than he, yeah. He just was in that world, too, and knew what it was, and, you know, just noticed, so. Did anyone tell you you looked bad? Oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people. Um, yeah, yes, I, I looked horrible when I would think I was, like, maybe 100 pounds. I had, I would pick my face a lot. That was, like, a 
fun activity for me. And then, um, yeah, I would have people tell me I look really bad and people that I didn't think look good. And that, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was always yeah. more telling to me like, oh, God, you know. I've seen a film about somebody who looks like you. Or, well, yeah. you wouldn't see it. Like you said, well, then they don't the look like me. Like, the thing is, is, like, they don't look like they're not in, like, a sweatsuit picked with their, you know, their face everywhere. Their hair is, like, different colors. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not attractive it, uh, at all, yeah. you know? Uh, one other interesting one was Permanent Midnight. Oh, was that with Ben Stiller? Yeah, Ben Stiller yeah. and the guy. Didn't he do like PCP or something? Yeah, and that, that was the guy, pretty fascinating guy who who got clean and, and is a pretty positive dude now who was writing for ALF. Elf. I remember mm. uh, ALF never had the uh, ending, and that upset me for years. <laughs> there was a to be continued, and there was never the other half of it. What? Really? Yeah. The, the ALF, the guy. aliens come down. <laughs> right. And then they're, um, they're like, what are they? I think the aliens are coming, and the. Uh, you know, the government's found out about ALF, and then it was to be continued, and it never, I don't think it ever finished. It's, I don't think that this writer's name is Jerry Stahl. Yeah. And uh, fascinating guy. I don't think it was his fault. I think it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to know if that actually ever did have an ending, and I just missed it, but I don't think it is. I don't think it ever did. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the, in the notes for the for the podcast. Um, but I saw that movie anyhow. I was yeah, more concerned about that ending to Alf, but I did see that movie. Yeah, I think I saw that movie with. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I remember being. He's very, throwing himself against the window. Yeah, in the high yeah. rise. I remember being very non-memorable to me. Like it's a little really... more surreal, a little more stylish. Yeah, and his story is like like incredible too, and and he talks about it in a, a really interesting pro's way you know he was he was whatever he was making four grand a week writing and doing five grand a week yeah Mm -hmm. it's an incredible Mm -hmm. problem when people have that much money too i think it's probably a different different world than what yeah we were living in probably like (laughs) not writing yeah yeah like not hustling up a hundred bucks a day (laughs) what did, did you guys what were your thoughts about uh writers not so much um Jerry, but we mentioned briefly, like Naked Lunch, mm-hmm. those writers that it is their essence, whether they meant it to be their stamp or not. I think some of it, like I think when Burroughs was first doing it, like with Junkie, and it was real groundbreaking stuff probably at mm-hmm. the time. And Naked Lunch is this really stylized thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think sometimes that feeds this whole artist junkie thing, but the people lose sight of the fact that he was a rich, very wealthy guy. Among other things. Yeah, yeah. So he could do this, write these books and get loaded, you know. And, right. um, and he also that. did quit. He did. He, he was on and off, I think, most of his he life. Up until off. the point he died, I think he was on methadone, yeah. Oh, gotcha. But I, I think, like, Junkie was a really good book. And I like that Naked Lunch and stuff, too. How, do you I read like quite naked, a few. how does anybody really like Naked Lunch? Well, it's interesting for that. It creates some pretty uh, obscenely horrible visuals it's a, in your yeah. brain. Which it was, I, it was it's pretty aggressive. Get, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty aggressive. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. But it, it was I a mean, good pick to get Cronenberg to do it. Yeah. I never saw the movie. That was a good movie, and it's yeah. totally different than the rest of the like the movies we were talking about, because I don't think... I don't know that it ever made a real point about drugs to me. It just seemed like a cool movie. Well, and it's a lot about this huge aura of Burroughs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when, so they do, you do see his typewriter become this beetle. Yeah. And you do see his ass as he sprinkles, like, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, I forget what it is, oh, Coke or something around, and the beetle's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, like, we used to get stoned when we were kids and watch it, and I, 
Sure. It had more of that thing. More TV, Wait, but like. there's two of them made, right? There was a recent one, a Naked Lunch. No, no there's only one Naked Lunch. Um, I'm not sure what would have been. I'll look it up on here. Another one was, had you seen, um, had Fear and Loathing come out at that point? Uh, yeah. I, I've seen Fear and Loathing, yeah. It, yeah, that didn't really. Which is another cool one. Movie, yeah, it's cool. I like that. I didn't, I didn't relate or resonate, but it's cool. Yeah, that's another one. It's just like, those guys are so larger than life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, which which did have good. a lot of drugs in it. They were just maybe doing it again, like a different. Mm-hmm. They're wackier, sort of. Yeah, which I appreciate. Way. Yeah, there's more of a like a character to them than just being a drug addict. Yeah, it wasn't so focused. There was this yeah. character involved yeah. in it too. It wasn't all. I mean, drugs are definitely a huge part of it, but Hunter S. Thompson's yeah. personality was a big part of. Yeah, I guess that too. It's it's so incredible. And then if. If <laughs> we're gonna take a break, just tell me what you're. I'll cut it out. Oh my god! All right, I will bring this up. Okay. Uh, actually, looking up William Burroughs uh, on IMDb, drugstore cowboy, additional dialogue uncredited fascinating naked lunch from novel he did that short there's that short the junkies christmas mm. uh, yeah i don't think i've ever seen that that's where he's the doctor with the blood all over him is that uh, junkies christmas i gotta so. click on it this is like real time research here burroughs takes down a book and reads us the story of danny the car wiper who spends christmas day trying to score a fix but finds the christmas spirit instead <laughs> that's good yeah that's pretty but yeah but like we were saying with with hunter it's really i that's almost I and of course I'm just talking out of my ass, but I would be like, that's almost like someone you see and that doesn't inspire you to do drugs mm. mm-hmm. or become that person. It's such a character, right. that's totally. a fascinating person. Yeah. yeah, and he, yeah, he's a whole weird thing. He did drugs, but it wasn't maybe so much as about that as a, I mean, a huge part of his life it seemed like. But yeah, he seemed insane without yeah. the drugs too. Yeah. Well, I think Burroughs was probably insane without the Yeah, drugs. totally. Maybe a different sort of insanity a yeah. little bit, though. Burroughs really, Burroughs really does seem like, I mean, not that mm-hmm. I know him or anything, but when you read stuff and you watch him, he he really seems like he's a drug guy. Like, he really likes yeah, drugs. Yeah, and he's he a drug guy, and it's... Mm-hmm. Gets gets the lifestyle. Yeah, the whole thing, where it's... Oh, something about Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, I think he really likes drugs, too. It's just... Did. Did like drugs, yeah. Yeah, but definitely a um, you kind of had this idea that he was stronger than him. Yeah, that's I, I think it. Yeah, and that's not good or bad. It's just sort of a vibe. Yeah, and where they really did maybe have Burroughs really, you know, beat they were over him a little bit. It seemed like to me. Right. And then what was the thing that just finally? How did you guys just finally get sober? Guys, just real tired. Been tired of. I had been in and out of rehabs a bunch and in and out of yeah. detoxes. I was just real. I was actually in a good position for me. I lived in my grandma's garage, which is, you know, which is great for me. Was there like a bed in there? Or yeah, no. Car? I say that. No, it was nice. She didn't have a car in there. She fixed it up because she figured I wasn't going anywhere. You know? and so, um, but I remember just being tired of it and knowing I wanted more. I knew there was more out of life, and I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere. How old were you? I was 27, and I, you know, I... I would get up. I worked for my grandma at the time, too. It was pretty sad. I worked for her. I lived with her. Mm. And I'd wake up, and I'd shoot heroin and coke, and then I'd drink and shoot heroin at night. And I'd try to go to sleep. And, you know, and it was... Oh, I just spilled water. Um, it was... Uh, 
really just a bummer. Like, they weren't really. Right. It was just a bad Screw something up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, and then, so that was, it was having that positive force of a person, maybe, too? I, no, I mean, I think, you know what it was? It was this accumulation. I've been in so many rehabs, detoxes, and I'd heard them talk so many times right. uh, that I knew, like, and I, like, knowing down that nothing was going to change for me, and I could live in this garage realistically for years doing this same thing yeah. and that I didn't want it. And the, it, the drugs and everything weren't making me feel good anymore, which is a problem. Interestingly <laughs> enough, me and my buddy who he lived down the street in his parents' trailer and I lived in my grandma's garage. We went to kindergarten together and we both went to detox the same day. Wow. And I, I ended up Randomly. saying, yeah, well, yeah, we both were like, well, we should go to detox. And I ended up staying sober and he didn't. And he still lives I think they promoted him to the house, but he still lives, you know, with his mom. And he just went to detox again today. It's like nine years later, you know. Oh, man. I got sober. Well, I had a couple things happening for me, a couple uh, court cases. and Negative things. Yeah. And um, I don't really know why I got sober. Like, I kind of wanted everybody to just get off my back for a little bit and just leave me the hell alone. And then um, I I went to a, a county facility and I ended up staying there almost a year. Mm. Um, and I think it was because I was kind of out of options. I mean, I knew I could muster up something, but I, I just wasn't, I was tired. I was really tired. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, um, continue in the way that I was. Um, but I also didn't really like being sober that much to be perfectly honest. I do now. I mean, it's just the way it is and I very much like my life, but I don't know. I, I, I can't say I, there was a succession of different people in different situations that sort of led me down that path, but it wasn't any one thing. It's a slow road up. It was a, it was a very slow road with a lot of fighting along the way, you know, but you're happy now. Yeah, no, it sounds really, it, it is depressing to get sober. Like, it really is. If you've been doing drugs or drinking for a long time, I mean, it's like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like, S over here said, you know, you're living in your grandmother's house. Or you're just, it's like Groundhog Day. And so it's, what do you do to fill the, you know, 14 hours of the day that you're awake? If you've been shooting drugs for years, you have no idea what to do. And it's scary and nobody Mm. wants to employ you and your family doesn't really probably like you that much. And your friends, you don't really have any. You have to relearn how to do everything. Well, you probably have to lose certain friends. Yeah. Yeah. I I did. I definitely. Totally. I didn't have many though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I had my friend down the street. Yeah. (laughs) Your buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So. Because it's amazing now to hear, because I knew you guys' story a little bit, but just to see and know you guys now, is it's insane to think of that past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird now to think, because it seems like this distant, because it's been a long, like Which nine years for me now, yeah, it seems like this distant thing at this point, where um, not as real as it used to, because it's not a reality, I guess, for me anymore. Like that whole lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good still. When I, I talked to some of my old friends, I didn't for a while. Mm-hmm. And like my friend... Uh, uh, who went to detox today. I talked to, I started talking to him maybe five years ago once I felt like I could do it without being uncomfortable. 
And just to see the different, he, that reminds me like uh, his life. He's getting up and going to detox this morning. You yeah. know, it keeps it in check a little bit. Right. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is like a lot of the people that I used to hang out with, like a fair number of them are no longer here, you know, which is always sort of like, well, that's, I mean, at the time I was like, well, that's par for the course, you know, that's what happens. But, um, but yeah, I have, I have some friends too that, I'll talk to you and I'm just like, we're on such different pages. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, feel, I honestly feel bad for them. Like, I feel like that's really sad. Yeah. It takes a while to get that far away that where you can see back. Yeah, no, it seems like another lifetime ago. You know, it really does. And you both have a, a healthy sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. <which is> good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then do you watch, uh, do you watch these kinds of movies that much anymore? Or is it just like you watch movies and sometimes it's this kind and sometimes it isn't? Yeah, I don't. I guess, yeah, I watch movies. and Unless it's something real interesting, I, I guess I was telling C over here this the other day that they're kind of in a weird way. Like books about it and, and movies are, are a little boring to me. And I don't know if it's because I've seen so many. And then also there's this lifestyle, like a, I've done a lot of that stuff and then I grew up with that stuff because my parents were drug addicts so it's not that interesting so mm. there's a drug movie I usually am just not that interested anymore unless it's got something special about it or yeah I don't really actively seek it like we saw what is that inherent vice that was kind of oh yeah yeah that had that, some drugs we in thought it. that sucked so yeah. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't like. Yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, the drugs. I don't know. They were yeah, that was a very secondary yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think Blow was kind of a cool. Movie. I liked Blow. Yeah. Blow was cool. That, but was, that like, was more than drugs. It's that like a whole like, smuggling yeah. thing and all yeah, that. That was kind of cool. What's the? There's the big heroin one years ago too. I saw that was. God, I can't remember what it was called now. Mm, Rush. Oh, I, Rush was a good movie. What was about, about the New cops? Jack City? Yeah. Is that the one with the undercover <laughs> cops? Yeah. 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 Rush their undercover. I like New Jack yeah. City. Yeah. Um, so those the, are cool. What was the recent heroin one? Just was, to go, there's, there's... It was maybe eight, nine, eight years ago. So there's Jesus' Son, which was a smaller one. I remember I saw that a long time ago. Yeah. There's High Art. That's a while ago. Shoe dies at the end. Sorry, you haven't seen it. What <laughs> is that one about? Uh, yeah. People like to put those two together. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it happens for sure. Like, but right. just because you people have this weird idea that the heroin <laughs> makes you arty or something, you know, which it definitely it does not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not arty in general, and it didn't make me no, arty at all. I didn't do anything like while I was on it productive, no. like in that way. I've no, I, right. I, nothing. Right. Well, it's always interesting like this is totally goes into like music and stuff but there's like junky music too which mm-hmm. I like didn't mm-hmm. know about until I got sober and like people told me that that was like what? a thing like really? I, I didn't listen to music like I oh. I mean a little bit but it's like I was very singularly focused I listened to whatever was playing in the car living in like the bay that would be like E40 you know what I mean I didn't like get the memo sometimes that you were supposed to like certain things huh. right well, you songs like, about monkeys you liked rave music I like so. I like <laughs> some rave. rave well I like like Leonard Cohen and stuff like yeah. that which is total junkie music. I was I guess really aware I was aware of that stuff well, you were of, cooler than me I liked you were a cool guy <laughs> <laughs> I liked punk rock and there's a lot like Johnny Thunders and all that stuff New York Oof, Dolls, yeah and, there's a sad ending yeah yeah totally that's a guy that blew it yeah yeah, that's actually, those are all the films I wrote down doing some internet and what I could remember research. Blow, I didn't bring up yet, but yeah, I mean, Johnny Depp's already so massive at that point. Yeah, yeah. and that was that, the whole smuggling thing is, 
It's a different yeah. world. True, like yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's a lot of it's focused on that. And Scarface. That was Scarface is the most ridiculous movie. But, ever. but yeah. when you're like when you're like <laughs> 15 years old and you see it, you're like, that's cool. Like you don't like, have to be on drugs to be like. No. I watched that trying to kick a habit one time. Well, that's it's like not. I hate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't show that in rehab. No, 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 no. no. I was Scarface in rehab. Kicking at my mom. It was, yeah, it was blacklisted in rehab. Yeah, yeah they yeah. didn't show it. <laughs> and so uh, to complete the circle, uh, somebody did some research. Thank you very much, KP. ALF scored its highest ratings during season two, reaching number five in the Nielsen ratings, remaining at a steady 10th place during season three. I didn't even know it lasted that long. Plummeted to 39th place during season four. I can't believe that. <laughs> NBC moved the show from traditional Monday night slot. This is how long ago this was. Like, Monday night to Saturday meant something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when was Alf on? What March was 1990. Huh. Uh, ratings continued to fall. I like that you're still bummed about it from 1990. I've, I've like, actually, do you see what I have to put up with? Ridiculous as this sounds. About something from 90? I've thought about this, like not a lot, but periodically <laughs> I'll be like, I wish they would have. I wish they would have finished that. So the series finale, quote, "Consider me gone," which is, I guess, the the, the episode title, became an unintentional cliffhanger when NBC gave Alien Productions. Didn't know that. Alien Productions, a verbal commitment for a fifth season, but ultimately withdrew its support. ABC, that's NBC, ABC resolved the cliffhanger on February 17th, KP's birthday. Whoa. Uh, that's weird. That's 1990. for you. <laughs> <laughs> February 17th, 1996, with the TV movie Project ALF. NBC executive Brandon... If if anyone is still if anyone is still listening, NBC executive Brandon Tartikoff later told Fusco that the network regretted canceling Alf prematurely, saying, you were right. "Quote, yeah, I bet they did. It was a big mistake that we canceled your show because you guys had at least one or two more seasons left." Yeah, yeah, I would like to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Um, None of us knew any of that. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but I remember the to be continued and then being like, and <laughs> Just waiting, what happened? Hoping. Yeah. Didn't ever come back. Your grandma's garage. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, CNS, thank you so much for doing it. And uh, uh, it's so nice to have you as normal, sane, cool human <laughs> beings. I'm very glad you are where you're at. It's today. much better for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> Just looking for a kiss. 